What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I am in the studio with Rachel and with Rosie. What's up, guys? How's it wow. going? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're excited to be here, I can tell. Yes. <laughs> episode number 128. Wow. <laughs> they said we weren't going to make it, yet here we are. Like a wart on the back of your thumb, we won't go away. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's a good visual for you. Yeah. We have an amazing episode tonight. It is yes. really fun, really cool. And uh, it's going to be, for me, it's a landmark episode because, um, anyways, you'll know. Because you'll when you listen, you'll know at that special moment that happens between me and our guest. It's amazing. Mm. Just thinking about it, I get excited. Anyway, what's Did, <laughs> what's new, Rosie? How you doing? Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know, Rosie? What do you know? Oh. Did you know that uh, margarine was illegal in Wisconsin? In Wisconsin, of all places, the for big... seventy-five years until nineteen sixty-seven. Well, that makes sense to me because Wisconsin's cheese, cheese is milk, milk is butter. Butter is not margarine. Margarine's the enemy. Yeah, pretty much. Is that my logic? Is it right on? Yeah. All so. right. Yeah. I, I knew I was a smart guy. Get it right sometime. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. it. No, oh, yeah, because it was yeah. a threat to the yeah the dairy. Yep, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you actually know what margarine is, then nobody would want it in their state, yeah. let alone their country. Or, so. their, or their body. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> We need to deport margarine. Wow. I can't believe it's not butter. Mm-hmm. You do know that it has to be colored with food coloring. Otherwise, it's a nice kind of sickly gray color. Oh. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I stopped I stopped eating margarine or using margarine like probably three or four years ago. We I just, never used margarine. We just used regular butter, like regular yeah. salted Land O'Lakes butter that's on the counter it's nice and soft all the time mm-hmm. doesn't rip your bread off <laughs> rip your bread to pieces when you try to put yet do you ever go to restaurants and they have the butter in the yeah why do they put it in the freezer and then pull it out like five minutes before they serve it to you it's like an ice cube because they have no counter space <laughs> and then it rips the bread doesn't yeah. that bother you it bothers me i'm not a big bread yes. guy but you're not a bread guy no bread is like heavenly dude no i don't eat sandwiches have you ever seen me order a sandwich? No. Yeah, no. I so. mean, I've only really seen you order wings. Yeah. Like ever. Like yeah. that's all. I mean, or steak. Yeah. We went to the Brazilian steakhouse. Yeah. But I mean, the bread is like, bread is a gift from God. It is. To hmm. me, to me, it's like that. That's how much I love bread. Yeah. I mean, it is biblical. Yeah. Jesus turned loaves of bread, multiplied them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I would have preferred he did it with like noodles. <laughs> noodles. Or white rice. I like white rice and noodles. White rice. Yeah. It was in Israel, not Japan. Can you imagine if Jesus Well, do you know for sure that it was? Ding 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 ding. Well, yeah, ding. you know how we know? Oh, Jesus. Because he didn't <laughs> You need to watch yourself. You told my grains of rice hey. to multiply. Hey, Italy, Italy has noodles too. Okay, they I'm do. just going to slow you down a little bit. <laughs> and they have rice noodles. There, are, There is such a thing mm. as rice noodles. Yeah, yeah, so. it is. But best of both worlds. That's right. Yeah. 
Here, I'll give you another. Um, this is a couple of uh, interesting did you knows. Okay. So first of all. First of all. Did you know that the Titanic on the third, you know how they have first class, second class, third class? Yes. Third class where like 75% of all the people are. I just yeah. made that up, but it was a lot, <laughs> hundreds of people, the majority. It's where Jack was. Yeah. They only had two um, on the original Titanic, if we're going to believe. This is all implying <laughs> implying that the Titanic story is true, which I don't believe it yeah, is, yeah. and all that stuff. Maybe another podcast episode. Well, the, a friend of ours is getting ready to do one. Oh, okay. Based in reality. Okay. Uh, they're, I was just messaging with them, and okay. uh, they're getting ready to do one. Well, then we won't On do Titanic. It. Okay, well. I mean, there's a lot there. Yeah. Well, we'll listen to theirs. You should listen to theirs. And then we'll do one that is different from theirs. Yeah, yeah. They're cool. They're cool. Yeah. Anyways, so they had uh, only one bathtub and toilet. Or, I'm sorry, for men and one for women. One bathroom for men. For each. One for for the whole third floor. Yes. Like the the basement level. Hundreds of people. Yeah. Oh, that must have been lovely. Yeah. So that's the first one. And we're talking like, what, 1938? When was that? Somewhere around. I thought it was the turn of the century. <laughs> Somewhere around. I believe it was like 1911 or 1912. Oh, was it, was sure. it that early? Yeah. So it wasn't probably very clean or functional. No. It's probably just like. I mean, I don't think they were washing hands at that point. So. No. Yeah, probably not. I don't wash my hands. Ever. Hmm. You just rub cocoa butter on it. That's what I heard. Cocoa butter. Someone said cocoa butter. I read that online. I'm not even kidding. Cocoa butter. Cures everything. Cleans hands. Cleans hands. Um, but anyway. It's second, a natural sanitizer. Yeah. Second thing. Did, third, did you know? And then maybe we can get this under control. Yes, yes. Is uh, they made a Titanic 2 ship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember there was this old, uh, you know how the sci-fi channel mm-hmm. used to make their own original movies? <laughs> right. And they're like so bad. Okay, so there's this – I got real big – But in, the special effects are amazing. <laughs> yeah, because they cost like $5 to make. Right. Um, so there's one company that makes like all their movies. It's called Asylum Films. And I only found out about this. This is going to be an old-fashioned statement that people may not understand. I There is a blockbuster that went out of business. <laughs> and they were selling all their DVDs for like a quarter – and I remember this when I was down in Florida. So we went and we just started buying all the good movies. Or the good ones is in like, this is going to be awesome to watch. Not like, it's a good movie. Right, right. And they had all these copies from all yeah. this company's movie. And they did all like um, remakes to like try to do. So the, I remember the Transformers movie was called Transmorphers. <laughs> and then there was Moby Dick 2010 was one. <laughs> I still got them. Maybe we'll have to do a marathon of them. I I still got DVD copies. I remember one, the other one, was Titanic 2. And it's like, (laughs) the tagline was something like, it wouldn't happen again, would it? (laughs) (laughs) So it was like they built another boat and they doubled up the steel or something. That's literally, no. And then if you watch it, and it's all filmed by, directed and acted and like funded by one guy. Right. And he looks like a really, uh, like, sort of like a John Claude Van. No, um, I can't think of the actor. He's like a blonde guy, whatever. Some, like, C list right. copy of, like, an A list action star from the 90s. Okay. 80s. 
Uh, but yeah, I think it's all like a money laundering operation with all this money. But <laughs> literally, could be. Same, it, literally, that's the whole movie. It's is, just they, they go out on the ship and it hits the same iceberg. The same exact yeah. iceberg. <laughs> it's an amazing movie. How do they know it was the same iceberg? Because it told them. Oh. I'm just kidding. I, don't know. Like, I can't remember. Yo, you're going to do this again? Yo, the you came back for more. Huh? <laughs> I'm icy I'll ice. be back. I'll be back. You. <laughs> I told you and your other boat, Maybe you ain't going to survive. See, let's. I'm going to make a better movie right now than I guarantee you whatever that movie's plot was, is that the uh, captain of the original one, his son, who was born and left, like his dad <laughs> went out, he's and like, he's like, I'm getting revenge on the iceberg that I'm took gonna, my father that I never knew. So his plan was to make the ship better so yep. he could ram the iceberg, break it to pieces, and have yep. victory over it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I love that plot. It's a pretty good one. That'll sell. Yeah. People would watch Titanic it. 3. Titanic 3. It's it like couldn't happen again and, th- and again, <laughs> would it? Would it? 3D. Uh, Titanic 3D. 3D. So when they when he crashes into the titanic or into the uh, iceberg it's in 3d yeah all right well anyways we're gonna we have a great episode that has nothing to do with anything that we talked <laughs> no, about th- uh, that was one of my favorite did you know yeah thanks all right so like i always say sit back grab a coffee and enjoy You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Well, everybody, we have a wonderful guest tonight on the podcast. It it brings me great joy to welcome back again to the podcast, uh, all the way back from uh, episode 69, the president of CE4. It's a... uh, Alien Abduction Ministry, <laughs> an investigation uh, group, I guess you would call it. Um, our good friend, Joseph Jordan. Joseph, thank you for joining us again on All Out War. Hey, thank you for having me back on. Yeah. So for those of uh, those of you that are listening right now, if you have not listened to episode 69, just hit pause, go back, find episode 69, listen to Joseph's testimony, listen to uh, how he came about to be what he is doing today. And uh, and then come back after you've heard that and listen to the rest of this episode. But um, you went from a you know a synopsis is you went from a uh, secular uh, atheist to an agnostic New Ager to a born again Christian, and once that happened, uh, it, it really transformed all of your insights and opinions on this whole topic of aliens and the alien abductions. That's correct. <laughs> I thought I had that right. <laughs> so the big, you know, the big debate right now is that we're noticing that's happening in in the culture is that these it's really no, no longer a denial of the existence of aliens um, or UFOs, UAPs, how, whatever you want to call them. Um, there actually we have disclosure from the government. A few years ago, it was soft disclosure. It was sort of a nodding towards that, but now it seems to be outright disclosure. And there, the question in many people's minds, especially in Christians' minds, are what are what are the, the, the aliens? Where do they come from? 
and how do we know um, what what's happening here? And so I, w- I just wanted to kind of open it up to you to share with us like your insights on these things and and kind of where you position yourself uh, in regards to to these aliens. Well, you kind of have to look at the behavior of what we're seeing here. And, you know, the biggest spokesperson that's in the arena for the government has been uh, Louis Elizondo Mm -hmm. since about 2018 when all of this started to come out um, through the exposure of the the videos that are coming out from the Navy, the clips that they have been showing, you know, of the Tic Tac and the pyramid and, you know, the gimbal. Mm -hmm. And he's been quite a spokesperson for trying to get this information out there uh, in soft disclosure, I would say. And if you really listen to what he's been saying, I mean, really listen to it, not just, uh, you know, take it in and move on, but start to break down exactly what he's saying. The language that he uses speaks to a believer Hmm. more than it does to a secular humanist. Because when he talks in, when he talks about these of who this could be behind this intelligence. You know, he talks about these things probably have been here for long periods of time. You know, we see them throughout history. They've been here for for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Um, When he talks about the abilities that these things are showing, that they defy our physics, these descriptions that he's talking about here fit what Christians understand as being spiritual beings mm-hmm. in biblical terms. But he doesn't come out and say that. But when you listen to his descriptions and the language that he's using, we can fully understand that that's the gist that he's trying to come across where a secular humanist doesn't pick up on that language at all. Hmm. And, you know, I've listened to his talks and breaking it down over and over and over, the language that he uses. And then I've talked to people that are not Christians that follow his work, and they just don't see it. They don't pick up on it at all. And in the research that I've done, when I take the examples of what I've seen in the research of the UAPs, UFOs over the years, and the examples that people describe in their experiences, and you match them up in what biblical descriptions of what angelic beings have done in the Bible, you see the similarities like what he's referring to. What we're seeing is Descriptions of manifestation. That is what he, I believe he's trying to get across to us. is What we're seeing here is a spiritual manifestation, not technology. Mm. I don't believe that what we're seeing here at all is a technology. I think for a person that has no spiritual background or no spiritual leaning, the best word that they can use is technology. 
-hmm. what they believe they're seeing is high technology. But I don't believe that's what we're seeing at all. I believe what we're seeing is natural ability. Do you, uh, excuse me, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, do you, so there's a, there's an entire narrative that, that I've, uh, been looking at where, you know, back in Genesis six with the exchange of information technology from the fallen angels, do you, do you think that there's a possibility that these, these entities could be part of that, of those fallen angels and have given technology to mankind in some of these crafts that that could be that seem to be real physical things. That's a possibility, um, but I don't think there's 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 a technology in the craft. I think that what man is trying to do is use technology to back engineer to be able to grasp that ability hmm. that they think is a technology. I think that, I think that's what they're confused about. Hmm. Um, they're trying to, to trying to mimic that ability. And the only way that they can understand how to do that is to by using a technology to do that because they believe it to be a technology in the first place, but it isn't a technology. It's a natural ability of these beings to be able to do what they're doing in our dimension because so, they're not from our dimension. Right. It's what they're able to do is is only because they're in our dimension mm -hmm. from their dimension. Um, this best described, uh, one of the best examples in the description of all of this to try and understand it was from my mentor, um, Dr. David Allen Lewis, uh, he tried to give a, a simple description of this in his book, UFO End Time Delusion, mm -hmm. that he wrote back in 1990. Uh, he used a chapter in there called Flatland. And Flatland's a story about how a two-dimensional being would experience a third-dimensional being coming into its world. And that two-dimensional being trying to describe what a three-dimensional impact would be. Well, we're in that same position, trying to describe what these entities would do in our realm. And we're not able to do that. We don't have the words for it. We don't have the comprehension for it. We're trying. So, And, and you see where we're at. Are you thinking? Are you implying that the dimension they're coming from would be the spiritual realm? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it. Um, a couple of things. It, you. Uh, I was just thinking about like, um, of the three. And Joseph, I'm sure you, you would be able to correct me if I uh, am misspeaking about which one it is. But I, I want to say it was the Tic Tac UFO, and they were talking about how. The first time that the, um, like in the video, I, I can't remember. It's like a, a, a grayscale video, if I'm remembering correctly. And they were talking about the first time that they saw this um, object was the like one of the very first test runs of a new imaging technology. And so it was almost one of these things where they um, unlock or, or humans unlock some sort of new uh like 
way to uncover, uh, you know, stuff that is already there. It's just being now known to us because we can see uh, different, you know, light forms or something like that. So it's where, um, so, like wavelengths, like new wavelengths of, you know, like, like you said, we're, uh, the technology that we're using is just being able to like kind of uncover what their natural abilities are. And I, I, I love the, uh, um, is that correct? Like, do you think that that's, uh, something that's tied into it that we're, uh, maybe, um, more aware of these things now, like when we're, um, using new technologies, we're going to be seeing more of that, uh, coming up because now we have new ways of discovering stuff that's already there, or that might be kind of, uh, the, the spiritual veil, you know, is being kind of thinned by, uh, what we're kind of pushing with technology. Does that make sense? That's a, that, that's a good possibility. Hmm. Just as the, just as that veil is being pushed with hallucinogenics. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Because pharmacia, they talk about it's literally a gateway and opening, mm-hmm. you know, doorway into the spirit realm. Sure. Look at some of the uh, recordings from the pilots where they talked about mm-hmm. This, these objects were able to perceive ahead of time where they were going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's something that's hard to even comprehend, the intelligence behind that. Right. <laughs> that's you know, crazy. I'm just thinking about it. I didn't realize that, but when you said it that way, I just realized, man, that is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's like, sure. Per- yeah. Wow. And uh, th- I was you know, gonna... Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say just real quick, that, that's an amazing point. Uh, just th- th- this idea just popped in my head of uh, immediately is how would humans try to um, mimic that ability? Okay, so we're using machine learning. We're using predictive AI, yeah. um, AI things to, uh, you know, uh, okay, you know, we see a bus flying, you know, driving down the road. I'm going to assume it's going to be here at this amount of time based on, you know, physics and the speed of this and how heavy it is. And, you know, we're using computers to mimic something that is an innate ability of, like you said, these spiritual beings. That's uh, really kind of tied it together with me. But we're not, you know, even by using these models, we may be able to get um, something of a artificial, you know, something we could say, oh, well, you know, we're pretty sure we know where it's going to be. But it's not the innate, um, like, uh, it's something that's, uh, I can't think of the proper word, something that is just of their, be the, the spiritual being. It's like it a is, law of their dimension. Right. Yeah. Yeah, where time doesn't exist and they know what's ahead. Exactly. <laughs> Gosh, it blows my mind. I'm just thinking about it. That's crazy. <laughs> mm. that, that you could... know, a lot of this stuff has been going on for quite some time, but Right. A lot of the researchers weren't putting it all together. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some great examples out there that were recognized years ago. Um, the Zimbabwe school incident is is a prime example of some of this bizarreness that was being um, studied, but not fully understood and not recognized for what it is. But yet, it's going to be here very very soon. Um, the movie documentary that's coming out, Ariel, uh, is about that incident, and it's in the works right now, and it's just about at completion, and it's soon to be released. 
Um, and it's going to cover that particular incident from 1994 hmm. uh, from can, Zimbabwe. Can you explain that a little bit? Like what? Um, that one there had over 100 school children in a Christian school in Zimbabwe that were on the playground at the time of a, a craft showing up hmm. um, on the edge of the playground. And these kids all witness this craft at the end of their playground, okay? For whatever reason, there were no teachers or chaperones on the playground at the time, right. which is quite interesting part of the story. Mm-hmm. And there were encounters with two beings with a lot of the children. Mm. Um, but the fascinating part of the testimonies of the children uh, that's important to all of this is this what is called the Oz factor that shows up. This Oz factor term was was given by Jenny Randalls, uh, an English researcher back in the early to mid-90s, because she was recognizing this effect that was happening in some of the cases that she was coming across. And she gave it this term. And what happens in a lot of close encounter cases, in close proximity close encounter cases, is this when the, when the witnesses are in a close proximity envelope of the, of the event, there is a time distortion mm-hmm. effect that happens where time is distorted, time slows down or even stands still. Mm-hmm. And it's like the witnesses report no sound at all. Mm. And it's like it's like things move very slow or instantaneous, but, you know, slow. It, it's very strange. And you'll see a lot of these things reported during that particular event. There was a lot of communication that was done straight through the mind with these children from these beings during that event. And that's not just the only event that this is recorded in. There are a number of major events that have happened over the years where this time distortion Oz factor occurs. And this time distortion, if you really get into the physics of all of this, if these, these, uh, what do you call it? These, crafts that we're seeing were actually traveling inside of a bubble of time distortion, okay? Wow. They would be able to travel at these high rates of speed and not have the G-force effects. Right. You understand? Yeah, yeah. This is how they could penetrate and travel within our dimension. So all of this is starting to tie in, but it's all starting to tie in as this is we're almost seeing the effects of what a real manifestation looks like. Yeah, uh, that's I mean, that, that's stuff that like uh, again uh, that should not uh, the, the, it should not be a technology thing. You know what I mean? Like the, no. hearing these kind of things that, that is not a. Um, something that is a technological uh, uh, technology, uh, like a, a thing. Uh, that's why I was going to say this other interesting thing. Uh, I had never heard of the Zimbabwe uh, 
school incident. Um, but I just, w- when I Googled it just now, the first one was like an article from the BBC. The second one, I thought this was just absolutely wild. The second highest uh, search result was a medical journal article right now. And it's called Episodes of Mass Hysteria in African Schools, a study. Mm-hmm. And when I went down to it, they uh, they listed this particular thing as a episode of mass hysteria. And it's very interesting. It uh, I just wanted to read this real quick. It's just a short little quick thing. In 1994, 62, school children all reported seeing an alien craft land and extraterrestrial creatures emerge. Virtually every one of the 62... Ch- students iterated the exact same story with the same details and none of them had gone against his or her story. Many dismissed the 1994 incident as mass hysteria affecting the children. But when the children were found to not have much prior knowledge to UFOs or popular UFO perceptions, many other people believed that what the children witnessed could have been real. Uh, the children were asked to draw what they had encountered the day prior. Um, it's just, that, like, again, is another um, thing that's just so interesting about this that, in, again, in a medical journal article, yeah, they're basically saying the same thing is they didn't even know what UFOs were. And um, I was going to say, I'm not so, um, I might be going out on a limb here and talking out of my butt, but the, uh, I, I know that a lot of African cultures, you know, down to what we would say the most primitive are, um, maybe this is um, opening up some, uh, another avenue. Maybe I'm not. I'm just saying this is that a lot of these uh, cultures in Africa, even um, uh, you know more primitive ones, seem to all have stories. I've never found one that doesn't. Uh, and again, I'm not that well researched on well read in this, but they all have uh, the same ideas, the same archetypes of these. You know, like spiritual. Um, beings coming down from the sky. Uh, so they, um, like they knew enough that they uh, knew it wasn't a normal thing, <laughs> but they, you know, didn't know what a UFO was. It's just very fascinating. So I, I got a question. So it, when we talk about the time, the Oz fact factor, does that would that explain like when you have a story of an abduction where someone gets abducted out of their car or out of their room or whatever and they feel like they've been gone for hours and hours and hours but they come back and it's literally just been like that same night or vice versa yeah the reverse the reverse of that little different okay abductions are abductions are a little different than this because the abductions nobody goes anywhere Hmm. They're oh, just... that's going to make people mad. <laughs> <laughs> make but, them mad, man. We, we're okay with that. Yeah. It's the truth. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been <laughs> at this for 27 years. Mm-hmm. And I see no evidence, period, of anybody that's ever been taken to a craft anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, what I have found in my research is... This is a spiritual experience at best. Yeah. Okay. First of all, as a researcher, J- 
just as I am a UFO researcher, as an abduction researcher, I have to go about the investigation the same way. I have to rule out everything else before I get to the idea that this is going to be something extraordinary. Okay? Mm -hmm. I have to rule out all the things that it could be, the easy things right in front of me. Could have been a plane, if this is a UFO. Could have been a plane. Could have been a bug in front of the lens. Could have been a star twinkling. <laughs> you know, all the crazy things that people mistake for an unidentified flying object before I get to something that could be extraordinary. And usually you get to that before you ever get to something extraordinary. Okay, before it's unexplained, you usually get to that. There's very few unexplains. Usually, if you get to something that's unexplained, it's because you usually you don't you just don't have enough information. With the abductions, it's the same way. I got to rule out whether you've been doing drugs this evening mm-hmm. or drinking. I got to rule out your medications. I got to rule out whether you've got some kind of illness. I got to rule out the pizza you ate. Okay, what you had on it. I got to rule out all those things that can cause you to have a memory like that what you've been watching on TV, what you've been reading, all those things that can cause you to have a dream about aliens. Before I get to that extraordinary idea that maybe you were actually taken in the middle of the night, I got to rule all those things out, okay, before I get to that point. That's honest research. You don't jump to aliens first. That's dishonest research. Right. Totally dishonest. I don't do dishonest research. I will get rid of everything before I get to that point. I've never had to go to that point. This is what I found over the years. What I started seeing was there were missing pieces to the story. Okay? And I, and I, they were excuses that the people that use hypnotherapy were using, hypnotic regression, They were saying that these missing pieces were because the aliens put a mind block on the person Hmm. so that they couldn't remember those pieces. Well, I say bull to that. And this is why I say bull to that. Because I don't see that mind block. Okay, this is what I found. If I asked you about your last birthday... What you did on your last birthday. You remember your last birthday. It's a happy day, hopefully. <laughs> you remember what you did. You'll remember, if I ask you to tell me what you did on your last birthday, you're going to remember pretty much the sensational things you did during that day. Okay? Because those are the memorable things. But actually, I'm a good enough investigator that I can sit you down in a chair, not hypnotize you, but I can ask the right questions to get you to remember more of that day than you probably wish you could wish you had remembered, mm. just by directing you in the right direction of the questions. Okay, because you lived it; it's there in your mind. It's just not on the forefront of your mind. The stuff that's on the forefront is the stuff you wanted to keep in the forefront, the sensational stuff, the stuff that really felt good. 
Mm. That's the stuff that you wanted to keep in the front. But all the stuff in the back is still there. I can help you bring it forward. Okay. But when I went in re- and started re-interviewing the people about their abduction testimonies, I said, we're going to re-interview you about your testimony, about your experience during the abduction. And instead of just letting them tell me the story about their abduction, I started breaking down their abduction like I did, let's say, with you and your birthday. I would stop them and say, okay, what do you see to your right? What do you see to your left? What does the floor feel like? You know, what is the temperature and all of that? Just like I would do with your birthday, trying to get you to experience, re-experience your whole birthday. As I did this, they couldn't relive everything from the experience. There were a lot of pieces missing. Hmm. And like I said, these are the pieces that the so-called secular hypnotherapist researchers, the big names, mm-hmm. say that the aliens put a block on them. Now, there's no block. It never happened. That's why they're not there. What's happened is these people have been given this dream experience. They've been given this dream experience. They've been given the sensational memory. Only the sensational parts. Not all the details. So that when they wake up, they go... Oh, I remember having this happen to me. They don't need all the details to believe it. They only need the important sensational parts to believe it. Mm. You, you following me? Yep. Yeah. You ever been to a play? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Right, let's go to that play. You're sitting in the audience. You're looking at the stage. The story of the play is it's the setting is a living room. You look up on that stage, there's a couch, a love seat, a coffee table, an end table, a lamp, and a picture on the wall. Would you buy that that's a living room? Well, yeah, just from the appearance. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course you would. Yeah. But that's not the living room you got in your house, is it? No. No. It's not detailed enough. Right. But it's enough to, for you to realize you're in a living room. Right. Yep. You copy? Yeah. Yeah. This is how this works. They're given just enough mm. to buy it. And they make it sensational with impacting medical things like things shoved here and shoved there. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You get what I'm saying here? Yeah. <laughs> so that puts that makes the memory really big. Okay. The question is, who's the playwright in this play? Right. That's the question. Yeah. Let me give you the best example to understand what this is. Remember, the truth has been shoved in our face by Hollywood for years. Mm-hmm. But they got the best trick in the in the, the best trick out there next to the devil. Mm. They put the truth in your face 
and then they laugh about it so you don't believe it's the truth. Yep. Devil does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Let me let me give you one of those truths that we've laughed at and got nah, okay, that wasn't real. Everybody's seen the Matrix, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> Matrix one. Neo goes up, Neo's all going through the system and he finally gets to that submarine, right? Where they're gonna plug him in for the first time in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Right? They lay him down in that big chair, that recliner chair, and the guy goes to plug him into the back of the head. All right, connect. He's plugged in. Where does he go? Into the matrix. It's all white, right? Hmm. Yeah. What's what starts to show up? Furniture. Oh. <laughs> ben who shows up? Morpheus. Morpheus, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Neo? He's back back in the ship in the submarine. Thank you. There's your <laughs> abduction experience. <laughs> That's a great in example. Face, <laughs> in your face, the truth, and we never believed it. <laughs> That's awesome example. Let me tell you something. You know what this whole thing is? This is the greatest deception in the history of humanity. Mm-hmm. The sole purpose, well, let me let me say not, let me start out this way. The sole outcome of of this whole phenomenon. Anybody who gets involved with this phenomenon, the same outcome happens. It takes their eyes off the one true God. Right. Every single time. Yeah. That's right. The same outcome every single time. Who's behind this? Well, obvious, right? For us. <laughs> Who is? Satan. Satan. Lucifer, yeah. What's the Bible say? The great deceiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's Second Thessalonians say? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> You're the pastor. Yeah, yeah, you point the, to me. <laughs> well, I'm, I, is I'm, it the father of lies? Thessalonians 2, 11, uh, 10 through 13. God would send the strong delusion. Oh. oh. Huh. That's right. So based on, the, based on their rejection of the truth, right? Yes. He sends a, a, a strong delusion. So... You're saying that the strong delusion is a permission from God that it's a it's giving Satan the great deceiver the the uh, length of chain enough to be able to to do that. Kind of like a Job situation, he's allowing it to happen within some sort of parameters. I believe that's what we're dealing with. Hmm. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's, uh, it's interesting because a few verses earlier, he, when he's talking about the man of lawlessness, so the Antichrist, um, the man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. So yeah. it makes me wonder if that type of counterfeit power is part of the um, deception that God is allowing. So even though it's not God actually performing the deception, he's allowing the counterfeit power to actually work on people. 
Um, oh, you're good. <laughs> because uh, isn't there an, there's another passage, I don't remember the exact um, uh, verse, but how the enemy is the prince of the powers of the air. So yes. one person um, that I know was talking about how it's so interesting that anywhere where there's airwaves, so, you know, radio, film, social media, um, that type of thing is, it's so easy to fall prey to deception. And of course that would be the thing media in general that the enemy is trying to target people through. So um, I wonder if that's just like one element of the counterfeit power being able to work signs and miracles with a big audience. And I was going to say kind of to, Rachel, you triggered this thought in my head. Um, much, Joseph, what you were talking about with uh, the Matrix and going into that, that uh, it, it's almost like the, I think it perfectly lays out what Rachel just said, because not only is Hollywood throwing it in our face, the truth, they're also setting up the deceptions as well, because now, um, basically, like you said, who is the playwright in the play that we can look at? That's what movies are being done. Uh, the media are setting these things up so that, um, like what you had said at the beginning, that uh, we're all attuned and we're um, under this delusion. You know, uh, I'm trying to think. You know, we see like a, 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 a some sort of a shape that has three points. You know, we're conditioned to know that that's a triangle when we look at it, but we can't be. You know, maybe it's a little murky, but we can just make out the points of the triangle where our brain's going to fill in the rest and go, oh, I know that's a triangle. That's not a square. That's not a circle. Much in the same way that, like you said, the aliens are kind of or <laughs> didn't mean to say aliens, the beings that we would call aliens, because uh, I, I agree. Uh, entities. Entities. Trying yeah. to think of a better, more accurate term to what I'm getting at is that. You have Hollywood pushing the agenda that anytime you have um, some traumatic event that you wake up from and you can't remember it and there is some weird something that happened and you kind of, you know, maybe remember you think you were in some place else and now you're waking up here and, you know, maybe... Uh, maybe I don't, I don't want to go darker with some other stuff that we, we touched on. Maybe something happened to you and your brain's trying to cover that up. You're immediately going to go to it's a UFO because like the Hollywood has placed that program. fake um, yeah. program in your head. So your brain's automatically going to fill in the blank with whatever is the most popular um, illusion that it, it's been the one that, you know, Satan and they want that to work. They, they want it to think it's an alien as soon as, you know, f- four, you know, uh, pointers. You know, you have four points of information. You know, I don't want to be too crude. You know, something hurts. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. I have lost track of time. And, you know, I could have sworn I was wearing different clothes. Oh, those are all things that happen, you know when you're abducted by an alien, because that's what I saw in close encounters of the third kind or, you know, dark skies or something like that. Um, So it it totally plays in line um, with what you're saying, Rachel, and we all know how demonic and possessed Hollywood is. Do you think that that's part of it too, that it's, 
They're also pushing the, this, the you know, showing the truth in our face, the real truth, and then also at the same it. time pushing this other truth to help us believe that. Good possibility. Mm. Very good. Yeah. Man. So let, let's talk. I, I, I do have, I want to go back a little bit um, because it inevitably comes up when you have a conversation with someone about this topic. Um, the 1946 uh, Roswell incident. Um, 47. Or 47, sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm just off the eight ball today. or yeah. I don't know. I'm off my game. Um, so in the Roswell incident, a lot of times it comes up and I've heard everything from that was the result of uh, some strong occult magic where they called something into being and it just happened to result there to first contact to um, we have evidence of that craft or whatever it would be um in some kind of you know underground bunker so um do you see that as like sort of a um sort of like a kickoff event that would begin that mass deception and create this narrative that would usher in that second thessalonians you know great deception that god would permit you are the first one that i've heard say that Oh, maybe I'm off but, then. <laughs> but no, you're not. Um, you're the first one that's asked me that question, but you're not the first one that's actually believed that. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. <laughs> that is a belief of mine. That is a belief of mine. Okay. I've actually had the opportunity to. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's some study that was done on this work by uh, a good friend of mine. He's passed some years ago. That uh, he was really digging some deep work into that, and he felt that this was a, a very strong connection with Roswell uh, on the spiritual line. Mm-hmm. We went to a location in the desert there, and. Uh, based on his work. And uh, it was quite an interesting trek out into the desert. We'll have to talk about that another time. But uh, yeah, sure. that's. Yeah. I think you're right. I felt that whole time that that was a, a spiritual opening that happened at that time. I don't believe that there was a physical event that, that started all of this. Mm-hmm. I think that was, uh, it was the beginning of an American myth that opened this all up. Let me give you a, a why I think that too, and why I call it the American myth. You know, I I'm, I'm just coming back from 11 years living in South Korea, and and still doing my you know UFO work over there. You know, for MUFON and also my CE4 research work, but most of that was over the internet dealing with people here. There was nothing to do really for anybody over there in Korea. <laughs> Uh, And there's a reason for that, you know. When I was in the States doing the work here, before I went to Korea, all the leading researchers, I'd listen to them, and they would all get up there on the podium and say, you know, this UFO phenomenon is a worldwide event, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I took, for what they were saying, with it to be truth. 
You know, we've got sightings that happen all over the world, but it's not a worldwide event. Not like what we see in America and Europe and Australia and Mexico. It's not like that. Um, if you look at MUFON's statistics that they put out every month for how many sightings come in, it shows the hierarchy of reports that come in from the most to the least. Most sightings occur in the leading westernized, modern, modern westernized countries mm-hmm. and then go to nothing in the rest of the world. So it's not a worldwide event. Not a worldwide phenomenon. There are occasionally a sighting, a report that comes in from around the world, but it's not a worldwide phenomenon. It's predominantly modern westernized countries that this is happening. Mm -hmm. Why? I have a thought on that. I've had the fortunate opportunity to go on many mission trips to third world countries and definitely not westernized and they are much more spiritually in tune with uh, both sides both the good and the bad but when you come back home it feels like there's this dullness to the spirit and to the spiritual side of of life i wonder if the advantage of the third world's you know, where they already have a good foot, like for instance, Haiti, you know, the witch doctors and all of the, you know, the super spiritualized demonic activity. Um, they don't need to show up in a, <laughs> as a UFO because they've already got a good foothold there and uh, and they have their, their work being done. Whereas here, it's just so much more, you know, we're technology, we're educated beyond spirituality, we're well taken care of, we have money in the bank, food in the table, well, we, yeah. we're going to report it as being a UFO, but they're going to understand what it is because they're more spiritually connected. They're not going to say it's a UFO. They're not going to believe it's they're something. They're going to see what, they're gonna see or, what it is. Yeah. yeah. Is that on track? Pretty close. That's a good one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just still stunned what? that I made you silent, that I silenced <laughs> you. <laughs> you just made my whole year, man. <laughs> what opens... What opens one up to something, uh, you know, that's of the demonic realm? Definitely. You ask for it, right? Yeah, you open yeah. yourself up to it. Yeah. So it's open doors is what, is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's a lot more open doors here in these Western modernized countries. Yeah. That, that's what we're seeing. That's what I'm seeing in the research. We're opening doors everywhere. I mean, look at look how look how much Stephen Greer has opened up our youth mm-hmm. and the old hippies to this uh, CE five stuff. Right. Hmm. You know, it's it's the new spirit. It's the new spiritism. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And you got things you know, like CERN too, right? You know, the Hydrant Collider and all the bizarreness with that. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, it's interesting. I can't remember. Uh, spiritualism is, I think, the term you just used. And there's also, um, it, it's an interesting push because it, it's, you have these people, um, it's a two-prong attack because you have these uh, 
almost would be, you know, you couldn't get further from um, one another. You have these old, you know, the hippie kind of, for lack of a better term, new agey people, the super crunchy ones that are, you know, all into the occult stuff and all this other uh, very not materialist. And then you have the hardcore materialist scientist scientism, you know, that's being uh, pushed. It's become a new religion too, scientism, uh, just as, yeah. a, as a, a whole. But yet they're both saying the same thing and they're both opening up. They're, they're like two sides of the same coin that are doing the exact same thing. They're just saying completely different words to it. You Like we were being bombarded from all sides. Sure. Yeah. And it's even for like an atheist, right? So like when you think about CE5, they always talk about they seeded the earth, you know, the whole ancient aliens, mm. you know, that whole narrative. So for an atheist, they're going to gravitate towards something like that because it gives a that scientific kind of, even though it's completely in faith because they can't, there's no proof. Mm. Um, and then you have the agnostic or like, it's like, it's like your journey, Joseph. It's like, you know, from atheist to agnostic. And so the agnostic is something else is out there. Can't, can't put a name on it. Can't pin it down. Uh, so it has, this has to be connected to that in some way. Right. You know, and, and so it just, it perfectly lines itself up with Western mentalities. That it does. That it does. So I want to, <laughs> so when you think going forward, this great delusion, this second Thessalonians, you know, event that's happening, what, and you, I'm not going to hold you to this, but just off the top of your head or just how, what you're, you're free to speak what you want to feel about this, but what do you think it's going to, how, how do you think it's going to look going forward? You know, do, is there, do you feel like there's going to be an event where we're, there's an actual contact to like mass, like, like what happened? Project blue beam kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, do you think, do you think that the government has been, has made contact and they're, they're interacting with these entities, you know, already and they're trying to maneuver something. Um, what's what's on your mind on that kind of stuff? I don't think they are yet. I think it's uh, a possibility that it'll come to that. Mm -hmm. I think everybody's being prepped for that possibility. Mm -hmm. But I think at the same time, we're sitting on the most powerful weapon to turn this whole thing around right now. Okay. The word of God. And the testimonies to back it up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the more I push to get these testimonies out there, the more the pushback comes. Mm. Hmm. You know, and it's it's a it's a matter of getting to the right person, and and that's what I've been focusing on for the past couple of years now. Is how do I get to that right person? Who is that right person? You know, we're sitting on we're sitting on, like I said, the, the most powerful weapon is the Word of God. But you know, you know the. The Word of God talks about this, you know, the, the Word of God and a testimony to back it up. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go to share the Word of God with somebody and you have no testimony, 
for that word, you may as well have shared Moby Dick with them because that's a great book too, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But if you've got a testimony of what that word of God did for you, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. You win that soul. You win another believer over, and now you have two. And two can make two more. Mm -hmm. Now you've got four. And four can make eight. And eight can make 16. This just takes off. Mm-hmm. This is how the this is how the church started. Right. We're sitting on the most powerful weapon in the universe. <laughs> and this is a movement that's sitting here right now against the greatest deception against humanity. Humanity's seen nothing like this. This is one deception that is affecting the entire planet right now. Mm-hmm. It's on the news worldwide. Every country knows about it, whether they believe it or not. Just knowing about it is the start. It's got everybody's attention. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter where you work, bring the subject up. They've heard about it. Doesn't matter whether they believe about it. They've heard about it. That's the beginning. Eventually, they will have to take a stand on whether they believe or not. That's coming. Yeah, It's going to be pushed to where they're going to have to make a decision. It's going to be in their face. This, right now, with these testimonies and the Word of God, is the evidence that this is a lie. We have to get to the right people to help spread this truth. Yeah. Who's the right people? Who do we reach? Is it the pastor in the church? Well, we need to. <laughs> they they need to. But is he the right one? Well, I mean, it helps. You know, let me it helps. But how do you get to him? This is what I've been pondering. You know who comes to mind the person I need to reach? Uh, <laughs> is is grandma sitting on the bench? Hmm. grandma's lost her grandma's lost her husband she's been left everything that her husband worked his life for she's got children she's got grandchildren she's the what do you call it the matriarch of the church that's right yeah yeah okay she cares you walk in there and you talk to her about her grandson sitting three pews up with his friends and tell her what it means for him to be wearing that alien T-shirt in the church. Mm. And she okay. looks at you and says, why have I never been told this before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just got power behind you. Mm. Hmm. This message has got to reach the right people. Yeah. She'll get that pastor on fire. Right. <laughs> Yeah, she won't slow down. She'll she'll no. she'll show up at the church door on Monday morning, waiting for him to get to work. <laughs> With every other grandma in that church, right? <laughs> Grandmas unite. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm trying now that I'm back in the U.S. I'm trying to put together this plan to 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 reach the right people to get this movement going because we are in a 
position now, we've got to make a movement to counter this, or we're going to lose our children and we're going to lose our grandchildren. Yeah. At some point, we've got to get active. Hmm. We've got it. We've got we've got ministries on fire pushing, push, pushing, giant gospels, Nephilim gospels, Hollow Earth gospels. You name it. There's all this stuff being taught that is nothing. What happened to the real gospel of Acts? Yeah. The gospel of hope. What happened to that? Well, I, <laughs> you're, when you talk about the Western American church in particular, there's a whole slew of things that happened over the last 30, 40 years that have, uh, have led to uh, just basically a sleeping church. But, uh, you know, w- what you're talking about is, you know, having answers. You know, the Bible is very clear. Yeah. It tells us to always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. And, and I think connecting dots for people mm-hmm. that haven't really, I mean, because they're not teaching on this in Sunday school or in, in you know, sermon series or anything like that, they're kind of left to their own. And so what do they get? They get the Discovery Channel. They get some strange podcast, you know, like Rosie yeah. Turner. <laughs> and, uh, or, or they get their friends just having a conversation, you know, out to dinner one night. But there's no s- real hard answers. And, but I will tell you, though, when, when I began to understand the answers for the Nephilim in the sense of the fallen angels, the procreation, the, the whole everything that happened there, that gave me yet another tool in my belt to share the gospel. I've actually shared the gospel with people regarding uh, the Nephilim. You know, they um, they have a simple question, and you can just use that to turn it towards the truth. And uh, and to, to have an answer for them that's actually biblical is very helpful. And I think this is another way, but I think the last big deception will be without a doubt, these, this whole alien, you know, phenomenon, if you want to call it that. Sure. And I I mean, it it even affects like, was that you, Rachel? Were you? Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say, um, I don't want to interrupt you or anything, but, um, one of the biggest things that I've noticed among the churches, you either have the people who are like, it's like they're hidden, like, um, interest or hidden, like, uh, like they're fixated on it, like people who are just, you know, mildly obsessed with aliens um, because, you know, they, there's not really an answer for it within the church. And then you have the other people who like write it off as fake or write it off as like that's not real or that's just in the movies. It's all fantasy. You know, nothing like that is in real life. And so it's almost like not it's not addressing it. Um, any type of biblical lens because you don't have that understanding of the spiritual realm or, you know, how involved the spiritual realm is. So in some ways it's like disabling the argument that we could be having and the, the conversations that we could be having with the young generation or even just the generation who's into all this weird stuff. Like we need to actually not be afraid of these conversations. And then especially the people in ministry and, the grannies and all the people who, you know, the, the old aged Christians who they need to be aware of this type of thing because 
again, yeah, they need to have an answer for the questions that come up and just how to address these things that are happening to people. So I almost wonder if, you know, we, we need more of these events waking people up, but we also just need more of these stories to be shared within this um, this space of, you know, Christianity within the church, within social media, like people actually sharing their stories and what what it actually is, you know, like there needs to be the discussion of how to handle this biblically. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and that's what I've been trying to do for 20 some years now, you know, that the, the understanding of, of, of the, the spiritual realm, you know, that one of the best descriptions and so many people have read it and probably just never understood it, what they were reading was just to get in depth and look at the scriptures on, the transition of Jesus himself from the moment he rose to the moment he ascended, hmm. the transition of his body from the, from the physical to the, the spiritual body. If you just read the scriptures there on how he was changing, that is fascinating. You know, that is, that is talking about that spiritual body. That is exactly what we're seeing here. Of, of this manifestation aspect, you know, not physical, but here. How can that be, you know? That is something that have, that people have read so many times when they read the Bible, but just never paid a real deep, in, you know, understanding to it. And if they would just look at that with something they've always read and, and just look at it a little deeper, they would get a comprehension of what we're talking about. Yeah, 100%. I mean, when you think about his resurrected state for those 40 days or so before he ascended, he would uh, walk through walls and just appear in rooms. Um, he had knowledge of conversations that had happened that he wasn't technically physically in front of them with. You know, uh, I think about Thomas, you know, the conversation with Thomas and the disciples, uh -huh. and then he shows up and he's, you know, hey, by the way, here's my hand, here's my side. But then there was the physical side too. He could actually... They could touch him, and he would eat with them yes. and those things. So it was sort of a multidimensional that in that what we would call that resurrected, glorified condition, right, of our physical being that will be like that. So you're saying that there's a, that spiritual realm is crashing into our physical realm, and we're just not interpreting it or understanding it correctly. Those descriptions you just said fits everything that we're getting from the government about those those objects that the Navy's reporting. Hmm. Do you think that on those... radar, but not on radar? Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's there's your descriptions here, but not there, and then there, but not here. You know. So, do you think that the like the Tic Tac? It, like, like I've seen the photographs of it, and they have like a clear shape to them. Do you think that that shape that we're seeing is, you know, it's not the actual being? It's, the, I mean, what? How do we? I mean, it's it's kind of like Here. you know, all the pictures of Bigfoot are always fuzzy, even though we have these amazing cameras. <laughs> keep in mind, keep in mind this. What is this deception? What is delusion? Okay, whatever it takes to make us believe, 
This is what this mm. is about. Mm. Okay. Remember, it said this delusion would be so powerful that if it were possible, even the very elect could be deceived. Okay. Mm. So have no doubt that this is going to be powerful. Wow. Now, look at the look at the appearances of angelic beings in Scripture. The ones that appeared um, at Sodom and Gomorrah. They were totally convincing, were yeah. they not? Yeah, they looked like okay. men. Yeah, they looked like men. They ate with them. They ate with them, hmm. so they were able to appear physically and consume food. Do you figure that they probably showed up with clothes on? Probably, most likely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. not only were they able to manifest physically in human form to appear as convinced humans. They were also able to manifest fabric mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. appear as fabric. Note that that's, that's all you're talking about is molecules and atoms mm. that already exist in our realm. They're, taking, they're not creators. Only God creates. Mm -hmm. When they come into our realm, they're taking matter and energy and manipulating it to make it appear as whatever they want it to appear. Hmm. That's awesome. And then you see Ezekiel, the wheel within a wheel, and the eyeballs all around, and it just looks like some fantastical creature, you know, that's almost indescribable. Well, like a, I would say that's the difference between uh, an, a, a ship and a... Like a sailor, a, no, 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 ship and uh, a person, right? Like one is a what's flight. the difference, right? Exactly. Um, there's no difference, it's right. the same molecules, exactly, and right? Yep, hmm. So, you're saying that the enemy, these fallen entities, have the ability to do the same thing that these angels at Sodom and Gomorrah would had were able to do? They're, they're the same angels, they're just serving a different purpose. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's true. Fallen angels. Yeah. Wow, man. It's like, uh, it's so simple, but yet it's so profound. Everything is simple. We <laughs> want to make it complicated. Yeah. It's true. And the deception is going to be false wisdom and leading away from Christ mm. as Lord. Yes. It's going to be false. Yes. It's in, and, and the signs and wonders will be like healings and, and, uh, you know, uh, bringing false peace in the world and things like that. It's just going to be, and then also probably giving an approval of sinful behaviors, you know, like affirming certain yep. lifestyles and things. Or seeing a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even need to affirm it. We're doing it on our own. No. <laughs> <laughs> Man. That is just uh, okay. So I feel like this conversation to me has been so much more meaty. You know, we just got to know you the last time, and then this time I feel like we've really uncapped some things that were that we kind of started to discuss. You know, uh, back in twenty twenty, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a, I'm I'm bummed that it took us this long to get back in touch with you, but the timing of this is so perfect for me. Um, and, and, and for me in particular, what, what drove me to want to contact you again was because I had heard an, another podcast where they were talking about this stuff and they were saying, no, no, it's real, it's real, real physical 
creatures from mm-hmm. another another planet that there's they're inhabiting life on other planets they're coming this way and um and it was in a christian podcast and i was really troubled by that because i know just intuitively discerning that that was not correct and you know i know where that's coming from and they're also <laughs> i hate to get on that i'm going to get in trouble but <laughs> The same people that are saying that from the Christian perspective have also been saying that these people that are claiming that they've been able to stop this experience through the name and authority of Jesus Christ and through a relationship with him are deceived. Hmm. Hmm. So how do they? Well, how do they... well, why don't they come tell these people that instead of just saying it on a podcast? Yeah. Because you've interviewed these people, you've talked, you've spoken to them one on one. I've seen the changed life, and their families have seen the changed life. The evidence is a life changed. Mm, yeah. These people, these guys saying this haven't seen that. I've seen it. Their families have seen it. Mm-hmm. Yet they dare come on a podcast and say that these people, these testimonies that I've worked with all these years, that these people are deceived. You know who else says that? No, the secular researchers. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it, t- the, the reason I labeled it Gnostic when I first, when we first started, was because it's you know if you if you're familiar with Gnosticism, it's that spiritual matter is evil or physical matter is evil or uh, yes, every, uh, I'm getting it backwards right now. It's I should have gotten taken a nap today. <laughs> You're right. Gnostic is physical is, is evil. Evil, right? Yeah, and and um, but but what's interesting to me is that they would they would label this as a purely physical thing, um, and they would still say, yeah, they're they're not they're nefarious, but but in some levels that they're real, in the sense that they're physical. So I don't know. I just um, well, I, I know the guys that are that are saying this, and I know why they're saying that. Because these guys have an agenda that they're pushing. Mm. They are pushing that they're that <laughs> they are pushing this Nephilim seed mm. that continues. They're pushing they're pushing Nephilim hybrids, alien hybrids oh. that they're alive today. So this has to be a physical mm. this has to be a physical experience. Mm. with physical beings for their their agenda to work. Mm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the truth is is that they're just it's just the they've bypassed the the Nephilim side of it and they've just just straight revealing themselves as the fallen angels. Yeah. As an angel of light coming as an angel of light. And yep. and you know what you one of the one of the exposures that are the testimonies are these, um, you know, these you hear about these Viking uh, type that are like blonde hair, blue eyes, tall um, Nordics. The Nordics, yeah. Um, that when you were describing Sodom and Gomorrah, immediately my mind went to the to the Nordics, right? Like to those type of uh, human style looking aliens, attractive, yeah, attractive and everything, and uh, that would. That would work well with that whole narrative of Sodom and Gomorrah, you know. 
you know, part of the reason they see a different mix of beings is a control factor. Um, it's part of the good cop, bad cop scenario that we see with the abduction experience. Yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll start out having these horrible experiences with the grays, but then it'll change. Mm. And, and then they'll start getting good, ex- good contact experiences with the so-called Nordics. Right. And then they'll tell them that they had to go through this type of experience, you know, for the betterment of humanity. But now they're, you know, they're going to be messengers for for them. You know, hmm. it's good cop, bad cop, but they're both cops. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> All cops are bad cops. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> In this situation, that's true, man. Well, OK. So, you know, it's the same as the hybridization idea. You know, Dr. David Jacobs, the secular hypnotherapist that that these other Christian researchers are following with their Nephilim idea. um, You know, he believes the hybridization idea is absolutely true, you know, but (laughs) all of his theories on the hybridization comes from. Comes from testimony taken from hypnotic regression Mm -hmm. that means his whole theory is based on testimony taken from hypnotic regression which we know is not fully acceptable okay right so these other guys these christians are basing their research on flawed secular research that's pretty sad um but anyway well that so the whole idea about the hybridization, if we're dealing with a delusion in the first place, all right, and it's whatever it takes to get you to believe, my perspective on this whole hybridization thing, being that it's dealing with women, you know, primarily, mm-hmm. uh, they're the ones that have babies. Right. When you have a woman and you, if you give her the idea that you've impregnated her against her will, but yet you turn around and take her again in another dream and you show her this half human baby and you tell her it's hers, even though she didn't like it in the first place, there's something called a maternal instinct Mm. that hooks that mother. Mm. It's a control factor. That's the purpose of the hybridization. They're using it as a control factor to hook that woman and keep her in bondage. That's the purpose. It's not real. Well, what's interesting, too, about that narrative with the Nephilim hybrid is that Scripture tells us that those, the ones that in Genesis 6 that actually procreated with the women were actually put into the pit. They're the, they were called the worst of the worst. So the ability to do that again is has been those ones that were doing that were actually they're they're bound right now, and it will be opened up again. We know at the end that that those those ones that are evil. I think it's Jude that talks about that. It's either Jude or Second Peter that talks about it, and and so that would kind of squash that whole resurgence of the Nephilim, some hybrid creation, you know, that would come forth. Um, yeah, details, details. Details, right? <laughs> I mean, they do they do go from, like it says, as in the days of Noah, so it will be at the, sec- you know, at the second coming or the coming of the Son of Man. So we know that there's 
there's some things that are going to happen that are going to be, um, you know, similar to what, when the days of Noah. But I mean, the the main narrative of that was that they were outright rejecting God. You know, Noah was a pre- right. preacher of righteousness, and they mocked him. So <laughs> we're there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know the, the the sad thing about it, the really sad thing that I came across with all of this, and I, I just hate to see it get worse, is back in 2010, I was at a conference in Nashville, and uh, we went three days at a conference there, and the panel discussion was the last day on Saturday. And uh, one of the first, <laughs> one of the first questions opened up, you know, to the, the public there at the end, that last day. Um, first person to come up there, this gal come up, somebody had invited her to this Christian conference. And this girl come up there and she was, she was bawling, you know, right away. She'd sat through this whole thing, you know, and I had talked at the conference. I had a whole slew of testimonies come up at the end of my talk. And, uh, she came up at the end, the, the person that was, you know, MC in the show was, had the microphone handed it to her and she just started crying. She says, my friend invited me to this. She said that she thought that I could find help here. And she said that she had been told that she was a hybrid. Wow. She's, she and was... she, and, and she had come to this conference and she had been told at this conference that she couldn't be saved. Oh, man. Who told her that she was a hybrid? She come from the New Age people. Oh, man. That's what they, you know, that's what they believe in, the hybridization. Yeah. So this Christian girl said that maybe you need to come to this Christian conference to find help. Well, the people there were pushing this Nephilim thing, and Nephilim is demonic. Right. And that you know, de- nef- demons can't be saved. Well, she put two and two together. Mm. So my partner looks at me and he go, and I looked at him and I said, "You want this?" He goes, "Nope, it's all yours." <laughs> so I lit into the whole panel. Mm. I said, "That's an absolute lie." Mm-hmm. I said, "Jesus came that all could be saved." Amen, man. And that's what I'm afraid of this teaching happening. Mm. Good for you wow. for speaking up, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is that does have that that is a lie that needs to be rebuked. You know, it does, but it's being taught all over America. Yeah, I, I'm really just uh, kind of in shock. Not that. Uh, it's more so I can't imagine why uh, it's it's so hard for me to understand wh- how someone could say that you know like it's, it's supposed to be a Christian that's pushing these uh, this agenda you know what I mean it's still one of those it, it, again it, it, it's more so of like this deception and the uh, sneakiness and the uh, the more tentacles that Satan has is, you know, he's still going to yeah. get into the, like, cause I was going to say, you know, her experiences, uh, you know, obviously that doesn't, uh, I, w- I was going to say that doesn't come off as weird to me, but I, I know 
And I think a, a lot of our listeners would not, uh, you know, just dismiss that uh, experience that the, that woman had because we, you know, we're kind of we talk about <laughs> the stuff we talk about here. Um, but, so I was going to say it's sort of it's uh, you know he the devil is you know in the details and he's in the weeds of just trying to get that's just that's just a perfect example of him using like going after every single person that he can yeah and every single person Absolutely. you know it, no matter how it, you know crazy in the weeds of you know some esoteric stuff he's still there he's still going after literally everybody yeah and yeah. that's it just blows me away at the same time like that like just, <laughs> just everything about that well that's what i love about you joseph and i appreciate about you so much is that you have this uh mm-hmm. you have this kind of like that woman that you saw, you were like righteously angered that she had been lied to. Mm-hmm. And you also have this compassion that the truth can reach her too, and it needs to reach her. And that's the thing about it. it you know, a lot of times we talk about these things, the the crazy, the out there stuff, and we lose, we lose the real root of why it is. And the big thing is, is deception is eternal has can have eternal consequences mm. that's why it's absolutely it's vital that we understand these things from a biblical lens that what this is happening and why it's happening and what the true answers are for it because that is an eternal consequence if someone falls into deception in that way and there's christians that are giving them lies those are eternal consequences that they will give an account for mm. And it, you know, the teacher in me gets frustrated and it rises up a little bit angry. You know, I get a little angry, righteous anger, which is good. But we want to, we want to bring the truth, 100% bring the truth. And that's what I appreciate about what you do, Joseph. It's just, um, you know, 20, we say 26 years you've been doing this? 27. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you have just a, a lifetime of experience and testimonies that have, that have you've been exposed to. And by the way, Revelation 12, verse 11, it says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and mm. their testimony. It's, yeah. It says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as to shrink back from death. I just love that. Mm. And that's exactly yep. what you were saying. You were saying our testimony is going to be powerful, that it's going to overcome. You know, a changed life, uh, a person who is fall into the feet of grace and trust in the Lord Jesus for salvation will find and will become a new creation, a changed life. And and if you are experiencing these, you know, if you're listening to this and you're experiencing these things that are these entities that are you the world would claim as aliens, you need to rebuke them in the name of Jesus. When they come to you, rebuke them. You know, the Bible is clear that we are to test every spirit. And Testing it is, do you believe Jesus as the Son of God, the risen one, you know, the Lord of all lords, the King of kings? And when you rebuke them, they have to give an account. You know, the scriptures are are clear, and they prove themselves out. I mean, that's your testimony, right? You, The people you've talked to that have been, quote-unquote, abducted, when they call out on Christ, it immediately takes them back to where they were. Absolutely. So that just proves the power, and, right? Yep. And you know that the secular researchers will tell you that this is a life experience of reoccurrence with this experience, mm-hmm. that it'll continue in your life. But through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, making him your Lord and master, 
this experience ceases to continue. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> he rules over all. Man. Is there anything else, Joseph, that you'd want to share? Um, maybe contact information. Yeah. So does they know where to go to to study up some more. Um, got a new website up. Uh, see, it's still the same URL, the ce4research.com, but uh, it's got a new look. It's got more testimonies up. It's got uh, a lot more information up there. Uh, since I talked to you last, I've got a book out, uh, pier- piercing the piercing the cosmic veil. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Awesome. And you you can pick that up on Amazon. I'm buying. And I've it also got it. Also got it in Kindle form. Perfect. Would you sign uh, one for me? Can, <laughs> I would. Just uh, just shoot me your email, and I'll send you guys. Shoot me your email with your address. I'll sign it and send you guys one out. Oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> Not a problem. Man, well, we're gonna put all. I'm your... on face. I'm on Facebook at CE4 Research. Okay. I've got a YouTube page, our YouTube uh, channel. That's also CE4 Research for YouTube. And you'll see a, a lot of stuff up there. But all the talks that I've ever done, um, my podcasts are all up there. Um, I try to keep everything up there. I, I don't charge for anything. I don't, you know. Um, I try to make sure you've got the information before I, I even direct you toward the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the books, I, I, I usually give away more than I sell. Uh, usually if you're buying a book, I'm hoping it's because you're going to pass it on to somebody that needs it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I've never been in this for financial gain. It's uh, I've had a – just so you give you a little bit of my testimony here about uh, the Word of God, how I followed the Word of God. Um, way back when I first became a believer, uh, my mom introduced me to, you know, the idea of tithing in the in the Bible and I understood that she she under you know she taught me about what that what that experience was like how she had tithed you know her her whole Christian life and how it was like a supernatural thing it didn't matter you know how how much you didn't have but if you you know if you continued to tithe God would seem like it like she never missed it you know and I thought <laughs> well that's really strange it was like a way to that God showed you, you know, that he was there. And there was another scripture I came across that was very similar, you know, where he says that he would meet your needs, mm-hmm. you know, if you were doing his work. And I I thought, well, I'm doing his work, you know. And I pledged to always do his work. And this was the work that he had given me 27 years ago. He said, when I first came across the truth, when he showed me the truth, he says, take this back to where you came from. That was the message I was given. Mm. Not go into ministry full time, not open up a big church, none of that. It was very simple. Take this back to where you came from. Mm. And that's what I've been doing for 27 years. Not quit my job, not do anything crazy. Just take this back where you came from. Well, as long as I have been continually doing that, 
my needs have been met. Mm-hmm. I've never been for want. <laughs> so I've never charged for a talk. I've never charged for anything. I've only charged for the book, but that's usually, I, like I said, I give us more away than I sell. <laughs> uh, usually, if you're, like if you're buying one, I would hope that you knew about my work ahead of time, you know. Yeah. And I would really hope you pass it on to somebody who really needs it. Yeah. Ben, well, I'd like to buy, why don't we buy 10 books and we'll give them away to listeners. There you go. Yeah. You want to do that? Sure. Okay. So we'll buy 10 books. And if you want to sign them, you can sign them too. That'd be cool too. Then, then just uh, send me your address and you get them straight to me and I'll, that way I can get them to you at my cost. Okay. That's, sure. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We'll do that. But because, uh, author cost is cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you know, if I don't mind paying the, 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 the Amazon price either. Cause I, you know, yeah. no, no, don't, I can't sign them that way. Then they oh, come from true. Amazon. <laughs> Man. Well, I, I just want to say thank you so yes. much, Joseph. I mean, um, just for 26 years, faithfully doing what God's put in front of you and uh and clinging I'm, I'm, I'm just getting fired up <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm home now <laughs> yeah. well we're here with you too that's so right what, if you need anything let us know please 100 all right we'll do yeah you yeah you, we, we say this occasionally to our guests but you absolutely have an open door here anytime you write a new book let us know we'll review it we'll bring you on you can talk about it um you know, I just appreciate your ministry, mm-hmm. your heart for the lost, and um, your relentless, relentless grip on the truth that you will not let go of the Bible, and that is essential. Well, I thank you guys, and I, I will give you a teaser: the new one's in the work. All right, oh, um, I just, I, I just got to get settled. Um, the title of the new one is "Unholy Communion: mm. Casualties of a Cosmic War." <laughs> The titles of awesome. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, w- when you see the cover art for uh, the the one the, the one that I told you that I'm sending you, um, that's done by uh, a good friend of mine in Oklahoma, mm. and uh, he's a fantastic artist, and he does a little piece in the book uh, about himself, and uh, he's he's offered to do the artwork for the second one too, and. Uh, he he's an amazing artist. Uh, I'll, you you'll hear more about him, but uh, he's got some artwork out there in uh, in one of the government buildings out there in Oklahoma. Mm, um, nice. Yeah, he's done so. He does amazing stuff. It just blows me away to have have him to be able to do uh, my covers for me. That's awesome. But he he follows my work and uh, great story with him there. So. Man, Bobby Marcy's Bobby Marcy's his name. I got to give him a shout out. <laughs> awesome work, awesome work. Cool, man. Well, well, we will put all of your contact info in the show notes here on the podcast, so anybody that listens can go down to the show notes, and we'll have direct links into the CE4 website and uh, even the Amazon everything. So we'll put all that sure. in there, and uh, and we would love to have you back on sometime. You know, we're not going to wait two years this time. How's that? <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Awesome. Rach, you want to add anything? You got any questions? You've been kind of quiet over there. 
No, I'm just having to do uh, having to do mommy stuff. But oh. <laughs> dude, I am so excited about this podcast, though. I cannot wait to share it. I have a lot of friends and family who this is a really interesting topic, and they always have a lot of questions and a lot of assumptions, or just like you know, talking out their butt, as Rosie would say. So I would love <laughs> to share this podcast with them because. Um, it is so much good food for thought and amazing perspective. And just the testimonies mm-hmm. are huge. So I'm Rachel, very excited about it. Rachel, make sure you get a book. Definitely. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you need to just, I just had an idea just popped in my head for you, for your neck, for a book idea for you. Uh, uh, maybe some sort of a Bible study companion that would walk through these things that we've talked about tonight. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, because um, then it, it almost would work as like an evangelism tool. You know, you give it to Dude, I'd start a small group the, with that. <laughs> I'd start a small group with that too. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I mean, it'd be an equipping tool. You know, for the church. Talk about getting it into grandma's hands. How about small group leaders' hands? And you know, the great deception and the yeah, man. There's so much there. It'd be it'd be really well, fun. Well, don't give everything away. We can continue <laughs> offline. <laughs> As yeah. Say. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like uh, might have a co-author here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's work together. That'd be fun. Man. Sounds good. All right. Sounds good. Well, we'll. I'm going to send you my email address with everything, but we're going to wrap okay. this up now. It's been it's been a wonderful time with you, Joseph. We'll have we will definitely have you back on. There's I feel like there's just a wonderful relationship that we've been able to um, just connect with you and kindred spirits and all and. I'm so glad you're back here in the States, and I'm looking forward to what, what the Lord has for you in the future. And I'm definitely going to—we're going to make these books—if you don't—if you're listening right now, go to our Instagram page. We will have the contest for the books, the giveaway. We'll set that all up, and uh, and you will have access to one of those books for free. When we have 10 of we'll, them, I'm going to buy 10 of them, so we'll get 10 away. Sure. We'll, we'll give eight away, or actually seven, seven, <laughs> seven away, because one for me, Rosie. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy 13. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Thanks again, Joseph. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you, guys. All right, man. You have a, great. You have a wonderful weekend. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode. So please subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWCast. These episodes are also available on YouTube unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. 